on today's episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. Emotional eating is not, it's not a disorder. It's a habit um, it, that, that has been created because at some point in life, it has served us, right? Mm. It served us because it helps us to distract. It serves us because it helps us to avoid. And so... This episode is sure to deliver stimulating conversations and aha moments that may give you a fresh perspective. If any moment made your soul vibrate, please leave us a review and let us know if we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe and visit blackgirlsgettingtheirshifttogether.com to access exclusive offers and coaching packages. The coaching packages include clarity calls, VIP one-on-one exclusive coaching, and my absolute favorite, the Tribe Vibes. The Tribe Vibe is a twist on ladies' night, focusing on self-care for black women with a holistic approach. Welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I'm your host, Ursula, a transformation life coach and mental health and wellness advocate. This is a safe space for amazing Black women to share open, honest dialogue about mental health and wellness, self-care, self-love, and basically how to get our shift together. Let's tune in to this week's episode. Destiny dreams, get your cream by any means And being with self-esteem Beauty supreme and booty walk so mean The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra Retwist your locks and realign your chakras Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis Celestial body, drink your water Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order Levitate, tribe of Ashanti Black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. My name is Ursula, and I'm a black girl getting my shift together. Every day I work on trying to better myself, and I hope you all can come and join with me. All right, uh, before we get into the pod, let's take care of some housekeeping. Please make sure and follow me on all social media. Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together, as well as the website, BlackGirlsGettingTheirShiftTogether.com. And for those listening on the audio podcast, I so appreciate all the support. You all are really coming out. I appreciate it. Give your girl a review. I won't be mad if it's a five-star review either. (laughs) All right, we're going to get right into the meat and potatoes Tonight, we are talking about emotional eating. I have a beautiful guest in the waiting room, and I'm going to bring her out right now. Hi. 
Gabby, how are you? I am great. How are you? I am so good. I'm so glad we finally got on. <laughs> I know. It's been a long, it's, it feels like it's been a while since we've talked and since we kind of talked about, you know, doing this. So I'm excited to be here. I am very excited. Um, yeah. Uh, I will just say this. Before you've been on, you've already had people triggered about this emotional eating. <laughs> Folks have been jumping in my DMs from my social media. I love it. I love it. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How was your day today? It has been a, a productive day, but a long day. But um, I, yeah, I'm blessed to be here. And so I really don't have any complaints. This is how I get to end my night. So it's a good night. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And thank you so much for saying yes. Of course. And I'll just let you know, your DMs are probably going to be blowing up after this because I you're already getting people triggered. <laughs> all right, let's do it. I love to chat with you all in the DM. So yeah, hit me up. All right, let's get right into it. So tonight's topic, as if everyone did not know, is emotional eating. But before we get into the emotional eating, can you just let everybody know a little of your background? Um, I know you are a fitness trainer, but how'd you get into that? Yeah, so I'm actually a retired fitness trainer. Uh, I I was a fitness trainer for 10 years. Um, it was a side hustle for a majority of the year. So just to kind of go all the way back, um, I got my bachelor's. Um, I'm originally from Mississippi, got my bachelor's in speech and hearing sciences. And oh. at the time, I wasn't fitness wasn't on my radar. I didn't really get into fitness until my junior year in college. I gained over 30 pounds in less than one year. Um, and so I started going to the gym and that's when I really started to fall in love with fitness. And so that began back in 2012, 2013. Right. And, uh, so yeah, that's how I got my start. And so from then on, I was training on the side and then about five years ago, I decided to go full-time fitness training. Really? Um, and I actually just retired at the beginning of this year. And I decided to do um, emotional eating coaching all the way. And yeah, that's where I'm at now. So I, I actually got my start with my own and with my own health and fitness journey. That's amazing. Okay, we already coming in. I'm going to ask you what made you pivot into the emotional eating yeah. as a coach. But before we do that, I'm going to put up a graphic. Everyone listening, here's a quick uh, question. One has to go. And Abby, you can chime in also. Ooh. One must go since we're talking about emotional eating. You all can put your comments in the chat. One must go. And for people listening on the podcast, we have podcast, we have sushi, nachos, McDonald's fries and bacon. <laughs> One I, must go. I would say for me, probably the McDonald's fries. Even really? though I am not a huge sushi eater, I'm extremely picky. I'm extremely picky. I have to, <laughs> I'm a texture person, right? So I don't really like the the texture of seaweed. So when I do eat sushi, I have to like take the whole seaweed. Out. It's a whole thing. But if anything, I would say McDonald's fries because I do like sushi. It's just I have it's a whole thing for me to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> See, for me, it would be bacon just because I don't eat pork. Okay. But 
sushi would be definitely would definitely be the next one to go. Yeah. All right, here's another one. One must go: donuts, ice cream, popcorn, or potato chips. Ooh. And everyone listening on the podcast as well as this live stream, put your comments in the thread as well. I would say for me, probably popcorn. Yes. Yeah. I have it. I just don't eat it as often as I do the rest of them. I love donuts and ice cream and potato chips. So good. So good. good. All right. Our last one. One must go. Cookies. Uh, Let's see. What is that? Chips, candy, and cereal. Yeah. That's a no-brainer for me. <laughs> yeah, cereal for me. Yeah. Wow, we must have the same kind of palate. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink milk, though, so it almost defeats the purpose. Yeah, eat. I don't drink milk either. And probably, yeah, yeah I don't want to tell my age. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, a lot of people, hey, cuppy cakes. A lot of people are saying cereal, yeah. chips, ice cream. Okay. And someone doesn't eat McDonald's either. And Serenthia, who you see, she's also from Mississippi, she says. Awesome. Serenthia, you can put which part of Mississippi. Yeah, what part are you from? Let's see. Yeah, she says small world. Yeah. Mississippi. All right. So while we wait on her response, what made you want to pivot into becoming an emotional eating coach? Uh, Great question. I think... A couple years ago, I started to notice a pattern with my health journey as well as with a lot of my clients' health journey. And I'm sure that a lot of you all can probably relate to this is that there is this cycle of losing weight and gaining weight. You lose weight just to regain it, right? And a lot of it is due to us consistently dieting. You know, like it's one moment we're on a good track and then the next moment we're off. And so, I started to notice a gap between the two, like what's really causing for us to really falter in this area. And I realized that it really had nothing to do with our fitness because it's easy to go to the gym, right? We can work out three, four times a week and automatically, you know, we think that, oh, then that will automatically, you know, get me to my health goal. But it was the eating piece that was really holding a lot of me that was holding me back, but also a lot of my clients and that's when I really started to shift and really not talk about it from the typical way that everybody would talk about it, which is through, you know, trying this diet or the next diet or the next diet, but really getting to the root of what's Mm. the real issue. Cause the real issue is not the food. The real issue is how we're using it. And so that's when I started to really, uh, I'm looking at her comment. That's when I really started to see that there's a big that there's a big gap there that nobody's really talking about. And it's this emotional eating piece that really holds a lot of us back. Yes. As I take a deep breath. Yes. I agree. I don't know if you saw some of the memes I've been posting on social media about how I found it's easier to or when I found out it's easier to talk about my emotions as opposed to eating my emotions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's the, that's that's the case for a lot of us just simply because we haven't been taught other ways to sell food. And so food is the thing that we turn to because that's what we learned in our households or maybe we 
it's just convenient for a lot of people. Yes. Um, one of my Facebook friends, she's on now, Keisha, she mm-hmm. had said how food is how people bond, mm-hmm. especially us as Black yeah. folks, you know, the soul food, the comfort food. Yeah. And it's socially acceptable mm-hmm. as opposed to having a crack pipe at the table yeah. or, you know, some kind of illicit drugs. Mm-hmm. It's just easier to fry a whole turkey mm-hmm. and chicken yeah. and everything else that comes with it. Uh-huh. Absolutely. <sighs> yeah. It's and so- it's, it's ingrained in our culture. And so I think that that's a, another way as to why it's so difficult to break emotional eating because we do it with family, right? That's why we can't wait for Thanksgiving to come around is because, and also we can't neglect that there's like, there's a nostalgic feeling whenever you're around certain people and you have certain foods, right? I remember exactly my mom's fixing all the good stuff, right? My grandmother used to make banana pudding every every family gathering, right? And so even though she's no longer with us, I can still sometimes find myself craving, you know, banana pudding. And it's because it's not because it's the food, but it's because I'm I'm seeking the feeling that I used to feel whenever the banana pudding was around, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it's going back to that emotional pull. What what was happening in that space? Um, mm-hmm. Whenever that food was there, who was there? What environment were you in? Like that all impacts the way that we eat. Mm. So, are there any other facets to what emotional eating is? Yeah. So when you say facets, would you, like different types of emotional eating? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think emotional eating is like the overarching thing, but emotional eating looks like you overeating, meaning that you eat past being full. You know that you should eat, but you you just continue to eat. It feels like you can't stop yourself. Binge eating, which is you eating a large amount of food in a small amount of time. Dieting is also a form of emotional eating because you're restricting your food. Um, Another form of emotional eating is eating when you're tired, eating when you're bored. Essentially, emotional eating is eating something so that you don't have to deal with the emotion. Maybe you're eating because you're overwhelmed. So you're eating so because you're trying to distract yourself from being overwhelmed. Right. But a lot of us don't recognize that because we're just not thinking about food in that way. Okay, I have a question. You just piqued my interest when you said dieting can be emotional eating as well? Yeah. How? Yeah, because think about it. Have you ever been on a diet? Uh, For the past 80 years. Okay, okay, okay. So (laughs) what's the feeling that you feel whenever you're about to start a new diet? Oh, I feel a range of emotions. I feel excited, overwhelmed, sometimes irritated. Um, sometimes I'm really hyped up about it. Mm-hmm. And then at times I feel burnt out with mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. So you have all of these ranges of emotions that happens. And for a lot of us, starting something new can be exciting, right? Like I'm about to start this new diet. I'm extremely excited. And we're great for the first week. And then it gets monotonous. Everything starts to kind of settle down. The excitement dies down. Then you find yourself restricting yourself and all of these things, but then you find yourself going back to what you were already doing, 
right? And so you have this high of emotions where you're extremely excited about doing something. Everything gets boring again. You go straight back into that place of emotional eating. So it's this cycle that happens of excitement, not so excited. And then because I don't have tools, I go right back into the same eating patterns that I was already in. And then I try another diet, which is also a thing of me emotionally eating. And so it just continues to perpetuate. I'm already triggered. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So it's a cycle. Yeah. And it's not always a good cycle. No, it's not. And unfortunately, you know, we're sold these things through social media. And and of course, like the companies aren't going to tell you that, hey, this is what you really need to focus on because they want you to continue to buy the diet plans and the eight week plans and go on keto and do all of these extreme things that only if you were to just set some boundaries in place and learn some skills on how to actually manage your emotions, it could fix all of that. All the things that we're spending hundreds and thousands of dollars on every year to to get our bodies together, it really just takes us like really just asking ourselves a few questions before we eat, right? Am I hungry? If I'm not really hungry, what do I really need? Mm. Yeah, I can't wait till we get to the the learning the tools part. That's mm-hmm. that's where the the hot sauce is. Yes. Other than financially, how can emotionally eating, emotional eating be harmful? Yeah, I, I believe that it directly impacts the way you show up, right? What do you mean? When I say show up, I mean the way you show up in the world. Do you show up as this confident woman? Do you show up as this woman who is um, maybe insecure about the way that she looks or do you show up as this woman who is always shrinking back instead of standing up like i believe that your eating habits impact everything because think about it whatever you do in one one in one area of your life every aspect of your life is going to be impacted so yes you may be can you give an example yeah 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 so yeah you may be emotionally eating but maybe that's also meaning that you're eating out a lot so that you're spending more money so that maybe your finances aren't in alignment because of this eating thing right or maybe now because you're emotional emotionally eating maybe that's impacting your relationships or maybe that's impacting the way that you deal with people on your job or even in your romantic or even if you're a wife or a mom. So I believe that it impacts every aspect of your life because it impacts the way that you show up, right? So for, for if you're not, if you're emotionally eating, one one um, connection that I have found for a lot of women is that there's also this thing of body image, right? And so mm. for for some women who do overeat, they don't feel confident in their body. And whenever you don't feel confident in your body, how often are you are you actually, for example, uh, how often are you are you taking up for yourself in your job or are you just kind of letting people walk over you? Right. Because you're insecure. 
or how often are you um, not really paying, you know, how often are you spending time with your children or are you giving that more time than what you need instead of focusing on self-care? So Ooh. it impacts the way that you show up because it's not allowing for you to show up as the full version of yourself. It impacts your energy. So how can you show up as a full version of yourself if you don't have energy because you've overeaten because you're lethargic? So it, it really does impact every aspect of your life, your finances, your relationships. Do you know how to set boundaries? It, it impacts everything. Wow. Mind blown already. Any of the listeners, if you have questions, I see people are coming into the chat. Post your questions. Gabby will definitely answer. She's full of all these gems. And if anything resonates with you, make sure drop your light bulb emojis in the comment section. So I have a, a coach with my group therapy that I go to. Mm -hmm. And she has spent an extensive amount of time talking about the drama triangles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it really has opened up my mind and she had mentioned in one of our group therapy sessions that overeating slash emotional eating is part of a drama triangle as well mm. i did not know she said it's a rescue yeah Whew. yeah shout out yeah. to sarita yvonne yeah. a lot of you have seen her on the channel but yeah when she, i never knew that but it makes sense because mm -hmm. now what you're saying how how we use the food for the comfort level. Absolutely. And so with the three points of the drama triangle, there's the mm -hmm. rescuer, victim, and mm -hmm. persecutor. And then mm -hmm. she said that's where the emotional that's really eating. good. Isn't it? It is. It is. Because when I think about stress eating, it's, it's a part of that drama triangle when you think about it. So whenever women are, or people in general, are under high amounts of stress, there's a hormone that's released that's called cortisol, right? And so mm. when cortisol is released into your body, you go into fight or flight mode. It's either you stand up and you actually stand 10 toes down and you fight against whatever's going on or you flee. And when you flee, oftentimes is that you're fleeing to food instead of sitting and dealing with your emotions during the time. Exactly. So you can become the victim in that moment if you allow yourself to, instead of you actually dealing with the stressor that's going on or finding a different way to self-soothe yourself, mm -hmm. you run away from it. And what we typically run to is food or something that's not really productive. Absolutely. And as you were speaking, part of that drama triangle going back to the cycle that you talked about with the eating cycle. Mm -hmm. So then we, we, we emotionally eat, then we feel bad yeah. and then we eat some more because we feel bad. So it's in a sense, we're persecuting ourselves for overeating, for emotionally eating and the persecuting that's part of the drama triangle as well. Absolutely. So it's still continuous. Absolutely. Yep. Oh, wow. Absolutely. So we have a question for you from Sorinthia. She wants to know if you're taking new clients. I am Sorinthia. I am. Um, would you, can I give my information or? Girl, I hope so. I, so yes. what I'll do, Sorinthia, um, is I will 
Uh, I'll give my information to you. Should I give it to you, Ursula? Well, you we're going to post it at the okay. end, Perfect. and I'm going to post a live link. And I can do that as well now while yes. we're talking about it. And everyone who's listening, Gabby, she did say she is taking new clients. Mm-hmm. I put her info in the comment section in the description box excuse me so anytime you go back to listen to this youtube channel it's a live link and it's live right now you can go ahead and click right on it and don't worry that's my instagram as well if you want to shoot me a a direct yes and if you look at the ticker tape scrolling at the bottom of the screen you'll see gabby's instagram right there Gabby Athletics. And I'm going to drop that in the chat section as well. We're going to talk about all that. I want you to drop everything because people, we need to know. Yeah, I agree. We have another comment. Keisha said, guilty of fleeing and going to food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about that, and I think this is the most simple thing that we could ever do for ourselves is just being aware because a lot of what we what happens with our eating is it's habitual, right? And so we've created habits of emotional eating mm. and it serves us in some way, right? So whenever we're eating, we don't really think about why am I eating this food or why am I craving this in the moment? And so it's a habitual thought. So thank you for saying that because I think awareness is like one of the biggest things that you could that you can actually start off with is you actually recognizing that I am emotionally eating right now so now I need to figure out where to go from here yeah um, Yeah. that's some good stuff all right everyone I just posted Gabby's contact information right there as well as her instagram as well so you can just click on it but stay right here right now so you can listen to all the gems that she's dropping (laughs) and pink dynamite you're never late to the show never (laughs) late (laughs) and i love what cuppy cake said food is always my comfort Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so um let's get transparent i'm gonna share a story yeah I have mentioned it only one time, but I'm going to mention it again and then I'll blow up this live so nobody can hear it again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I had this revelation during my group therapy when we were talking about the drama triangle and she touched on emotional eating somewhat. And I literally had this flashback from when I was a child. So um, my childhood but there, when there was a lot of disruption in the home, I can vividly remember, and it could be with either parent, whenever the disruption happened, the situations and the yelling and all that, I remember we would go out to eat after. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I remember one of my parents, okay, well, come on, we're going to go and we're going to go to such and such restaurant. And then we will go and to some place for the entree. Then we will go for the snacks. Mm-hmm. And then we will go home. And subconsciously, that was ingrained. It literally was etched in my brain like some acid on glass. It was just etched. And I suppressed that memory, I guess, because it wasn't traumatic. Mm-hmm. However, when she started talking about the emotional eating and it popped in my head, how we used food, mm, how my parents used food as a comfort. Mm-hmm. And then it, it just 
that's what I knew. It trickled down to me. And, yeah. you know, we didn't grow up about around the big mama. You know, we didn't yeah. do that. But it was it was our daily routine. It mm -hmm. wasn't, we didn't have to wait for Thanksgiving for the comfort feeling of food. Mm -hmm. When that came into my head, my jaw just dropped. I could not believe that. Yeah. And little did I know now at my age that that's binge eating. That's emotional eating. I felt, I feel that it is binge eating. Yeah. What do you think? You're the expert. Well, okay. let me ask, let me ask you this. How does it, how, do, how does it show up in your life now? Like what patterns can you identify that kind of mimic what you did as a child? Ah, so if I'm bored, early on when I started my therapy sessions, I didn't realize that I was um, releasing. So I, sometimes I would come home and I would eat, mm -hmm. but I wasn't hungry. Yeah. I wasn't hungry or I'll snack mm -hmm. and I, I just wasn't hungry. And then I will fool and trick myself and think, well, you're just going to snack on these oranges. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm still having the oral fixation. Yeah. Yep. Girl. No, I, I love that example because I, that's where the root of a lot of our eating habits come from. They either come from childhood or they come from, difficult places in our lives not even diff it doesn't have to be difficult but it may have come from also a transition in life right and so with our childhood we have to look at and question how was i raised as a kid what what were what was what was the narrative around food right did i have to sit at the table and complete my entire plate before i was able to leave the dinner table what did i have to finish my plate before i had dessert was i rewarded with food if i got straight a's or um did something happen to that that made me draw to food because i have even had cases where um some of my clients have been in a place of where they were um you know touched as a child and yeah. in order to not be in that place with that particular individual anymore or to not to want to kind of fight away from that person, they would eat, right? So they would run to food, yeah. hoping that that would make them more unattractive. And how that translates as an adult is that now I overeat and I'm not understanding why. And yeah. some of that is rooted in our childhood experiences, the way that we saw food, the way food was communicated with, to us and all those things. So you're probably seeing uh, the habits that you have now are just mimicking what you saw as a child, it right? Was. So now, you know, you, you they your parents use food to distract you from the bigger issue. So now you may be using food to distract yourself from issues that you have in your life. Woo. So it just continues until we, again, become aware and then take those steps to actually, to actually try and uproot some of these things. Right. Yeah. You said something that was very key. What are your thoughts on parents or grandparents who reward their kids with food or making sure that they sit at the table until they finish their plate? Yeah, I think I think that it's a very dangerous uh weave that we weave, you know, because yeah. it's teaching them subconsciously 
that this is how it's supposed to work, that this is how you interact with food, right? Mm-hmm. If, even if you think about whenever you used to go to the doctor's office, you got a shot. What did they give you? They gave you a sucker. They rewarded you for your good behavior. Damn, you're so right. What do we do? We reward ourselves for our good behavior. We reward ourselves with food whenever we get a promotion. And I want to I want to say this. It's really not about the food. Let me say that. It's really not about the food that you eat. You can eat whatever you want. It's why you're eating it. Right? I, I still love ice cream. I still love chips. I still love candy. I still love all of the things. But why? It, it all has a connection, right? And I yeah. give the example of my grandmother. I Just to be transparent, I love salt and vinegar chips. Like that's my go-to. Right. But the connection there is that my grandmother would always have salt and vinegar chips waiting at her house for me whenever I got home from school. So there's a nostalgic feeling that pulls me back to that place. Mm-hmm. So in those moments where I'm craving salt and vinegar chips, it could be that I want to feel comforted because it made me feel comforted. It made me feel seen. It made me feel loved. Oh, wow. That was it right there. Yeah. Seen and loved. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you are amazing. I'm so glad I reached out to you. We have a comment from Keisha. She said, so I watched this TikTok that this lady said because she didn't have a lot of money, she received welfare benefits. So she always had food to reward her kids with. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're te- in essentially what, what happens is that we teach our children what we were taught. Right. And when we don't know any better, it's difficult for us to teach them anything different. So our parents, they didn't know any like they didn't know that this was going to come back to bite us in our butts, right? They didn't know that making us sit down to finish our our whole plate was going to make us want to overeat later and cause insecurities within ourselves and, and cause for us to not show up in our full, like they didn't know that this was going to be the, the um, implications of that simple, quote unquote, simple thing, but it did, right? And so as parents and as aunties you know i'm an auntie i'm not a parent yet but it's important that as we get this information that we really start to teach our children something different so that Mm. they're not running to food as a reward so that they're not struggling with the insecurities that we have now and we're just trying to crawl ourselves out of the hole of right wow uh so let's talk about the tools this is the the meat and potatoes. Everyone, again, go back into this comment section and you'll be able to click on Abby's live links. She, on her website, she has a section that talks about how to overcome four proven steps to help clients overcome food cravings. Mm -hmm. So it's a free checklist and it's gonna reveal unapologetic truths behind your cravings and how to plan around them. Yes. So what she said, what you'll learn inside is why. I love this page. Why you may be using food as an escape. Hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about how to become a mindful eater. That really stuck out to me Mm -hmm. and how to no longer sabotage your health goals by overeating. Yeah. So I think this mindful piece comes into 
um, comes into play simply, like I said earlier, whenever you start to be aware. I think this, and even scripture says that my people perish from a, a lack of knowledge, right? So wherever mm -hmm. there is no knowledge, then how can we start to make different choices? So I think you being aware of what's triggering me. Am I triggered because something happened at work? Am I triggered because someone said something to me? So understanding like maybe what a trigger is, understanding am I eating this because I'm hungry or am I eating this because I'm in need of something else and is an emotional need not being met at this moment. And oftentimes what we're really seeking are these, I call them primal needs. I need to feel loved. I need to feel seen. I need to feel heard. I need to feel trusted, right? And so when we really get to the root of it, it really goes down to some of those primal needs. Maybe I'm not feeling seen at work or maybe I'm not feeling seen at home. So therefore, I'm just going to go, I'm going to go to the pantry and see what I can find to kind of suppress this, this feeling or... Okay. <laughs> so it's all about being aware that's what mm -hmm. mindfulness means it's about you being aware and asking yourselves questions in the midst of you attempting to eat something okay story time yeah i'm gonna share this story because i really don't give a damn <laughs> watches this or not i don't care but i'm gonna say this okay Okay, so XXXX uh, boyfriend. This was a long time ago when I say he was the greediest man I ever met in my entire life. He was so greedy. Mm -hmm. He literally is low key. I used to call behind his back in my head that he was a dumpster. He just would eat. It was to the point, it was definitely gluttony mm -hmm. and. It was disgusting. I was so turned off by it. This is way before me going to therapy. I couldn't connect it. I didn't even have that self-awareness. Yeah. But I do remember how he used to say how abusive his father mm -hmm. is was at the time. Extremely. I won't go into those details, mm -hmm. but it was it was horrific. And then it spilled over into his work. And it seemed like he was repeating the cycle that he had told me about what his father had said and mm -hmm. done. Mm -hmm. And he was having a hard time at work. Yeah. So we'll we'll be sleeping and he it could be two, three in the morning. He would get up and make a full plate of food. Mm -hmm. I couldn't understand it. And I'm not small by any means. You know, I, I weigh 110 pounds now. I'm yeah. lying. <laughs> Lie. Even if you don't, it's okay. Even if you don't, I don't either. <laughs> right? But even from my size, and I, I can eat now, but I was yeah. so disgusted. But like I said, I didn't have the self-awareness like I have now. Mm -hmm. But I always thought there was something just different. Like, how, how can you wake up in the middle of the night and have a full meal, like, as if it was 7 o'clock p.m.? I didn't yeah. get it. But mm -hmm. he was so stressed. Yeah. And for some people, that really is a big issue. And that's what we start. That's where we start talking more about eating disorders. Right. Um, so, you know, binge eating is binge eating is on the line of an eating disorder. And it takes more 
um, mental uh, mental work. All of it is mm. all of it is mental, right? Mm. All, all of it is really mindset. But binge eating is on that line of like having any of having an eating disorder versus mm. emotional eating is not it's not a disorder it's a habit um it that that has been created because at some point in life it has served us right mm. it served us because it helps us to distract it serves us because it helps us to avoid and so um yeah that i would probably classify that i'm not a professional right not diagnosed but it sounds more like a uh, an intensive eating disorder mm-hmm. that goes beyond emotional eating. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So in your toolbox, you also talk about how to create a mini temptation routine mm-hmm. that okay. places small boundaries between you and your food cravings. Yes. I love that. I just actually walked one of my clients through this. I just told you I just got out of a coaching session. I just yes. did this with one of my clients. And I love doing this because um, oftentimes we don't feel like we have options. And then whenever we don't feel like we have options, we settle for what's there, right? So whenever you don't feel like you have an option, you do go for the food because you don't know what else to do. Like you just don't have any other tools. So yeah, go ahead. I just had a light bulb moment. Yeah. No, you finish. I can wait. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. What you just said, you see how that translates when you said how, well, if you don't have any options, you just settle for what's there or you just settle for food. That's how it can translate in our relationships as well. Oh, yeah. like romantic relationships. That's what I'm saying. It all connects because if you're settling for food, you're going to settle in relationships. You're going to settle on your job. You're going to settle in every aspect of your life. It's, it doesn't just limit your eating habits or your health. It, it impacts every area because if you're selling in one area, it's going to hit every aspect for sure. The domino effect. Mm-hmm. Wow. My mm-hmm. mind is blown on that. <laughs> that's the gem. Okay. That's going to be on my highlight reel right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this was an awesome connection right here. Um, She said, hey, y'all, it sounds like emotional eating contributes a lot to the people on my 600 pound life. First of all, I love that show. And yes. And when you when you look at um, their stories, a lot of them had very traumatic backgrounds. I don't know anyone I've seen who hasn't had like some type of trauma happen as they were growing up. And I'm willing to bet that a lot of that and they turn to food because of that traumatic um, upbringing that they had. Facts. Yeah. I, I probably am the only person that has not seen that show. Oh, my gosh. I know, but I, I heard it's very good. I used to watch Intervention mm-hmm. faithfully and you see where <laughs> instead of the food, they will use addiction, whether if it's drugs or yep. alcohol. So again, I see how it all ties in. If you don't deal with what's going on here or yep. here, that it comes out in other ways, whether you're on 600 pound life or intervention, because nine times out of 10, every person on that show and intervention had a traumatic Absolutely. Event. 
Yeah. Yeah. And the only yeah. difference between uh, intervention in my 600 pound life is that eating is more, it's, it's a more uh, normalized addiction, but it's still very much of an addiction, just as it would be if you were, um, you know, smoking something, you know, like it's, it's an addiction for a lot of people. And so mm -hmm. it's just the only difference is that one of them is socially accepted and then one of them is not. Exactly. I was just going to say that the food is definitely socially acceptable. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a few of them I've learned that are socially acceptable addictions, mm -hmm. whether if it's the food, even alcohol, because uh -huh. you're not going to be frowned upon for drinking alcohol. Yep. Workaholics. Yes. Same thing. Yes. Sexaholics. Yes. Uh, they're, but they're all socially acceptable, but mm -hmm. they're still the root. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. root or unrecognized root. Yeah. Getting to the root. So that's something that I help my clients do is really get to the root of like, why is this an issue? Mm -hmm. What does this particular food do for you? So. Mm -hmm. it's really good. Let's see. This is what I wanted to know about the um, the four questions you should ask yourself before you eat in order to better understand the difference between cravings and real hunger. Now, you don't have to give all of them because we still want people to go and sign up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe if you want to give one. Yeah, I'll give two. I'll give two. Great compromise. <laughs> so the first question, um, I believe that before you eat anything, especially as you as you are recognizing that, hey, emotional eating may be something that I do more frequently frequently than what I think. Um, and you really are trying to like, OK, decipher, am I hungry or is this really a craving? The first thing that you have to ask yourself is simply, am I really hungry? <laughs> um, and what does hunger actually look like? Right. And so just one pro tip here is that hunger is never something that comes on suddenly. So if you instantly become hungry, it's more than likely not true hunger. It's that you're craving something. True hunger is a sudden it creeps up on you. Su not suddenly it creeps up on you slowly. Right. It's a slow build. So that's what true hunger actually feels like. And that's what it looks like. So that's an easy way to understand Am I truly wow. hungry or am I um, maybe just craving something? Whoa. Are you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say. So <laughs> I guess when I crave the French vanilla ice cream with brownies, that's that's not hunger. <laughs> well, uh, I'm joking, kind okay. of. No. <laughs> you really want me to answer <laughs> Uh, and, you know, there's this thing is of sugar addiction, too, that, you know, that can, especially for sugar, it's like one of those things that really can take you on a on a whirlwind if you're not careful. Mm. Um, so, yeah, number one is asking yourself if you're hungry. If you are not hungry, what do I really need? That's question number two. What do I really need? Am I not feeling seen at work? Am I not feeling hurt? So this is going back to some of those primal needs again, right? Am I not feeling seen? Am I not feeling trusted? Am I not feeling heard or loved? 
asking yourself some of those questions so that you can really get to the bottom of what you really need. Maybe you just need to take a break. I was just having a conversation with uh, one of my clients and not to tell her business, but she found herself um, overeating, sitting at her desk and she overate some nuts, right? She ate a whole bag of like peanuts or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and we were able to identify it's not that she was really hungry in that moment, but what she really needed was that, or what she recognized was that her work was overwhelming. She didn't know what to do because she didn't have options. So she sat there and ate. So we came up with a mini temptation routine for her, for, for things that she can do instead of eating. One of those things includes her getting up, physically removing herself from her desk because sometimes your environment can be triggering to you and go taking a walk. That's just one of the things that she'll do whenever she starts to crave whatever that thing is, whenever she feels overwhelmed. So I love, I love yeah. that. Give yourself options. Mm -hmm. Before I have another transparent moment yeah. for everyone listening, mm -hmm. if you love anything that you've heard and you'd love to support my channel, and if you'd like to buy me a coffee for my next podcast, I already put a link in the description box and it'll take you right over to buymeacoffee.com. You can buy your girl a coffee, support the content. I'm going to buy you a coffee. I'm going to buy you a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Oh, too cool. Transparent moment. Oh, I have so many. And I'm going to share all of this with people because I don't, I want people to understand you're not in this alone. We yeah. look, we have a coach on here. This is what she specializes in. I am her. She is me. I right. Have, yeah. yeah. And I already feel that Black women, we hold our emotions so tight mm -hmm. and we become these super Black women. Little did we know we're all experiencing the same thing and there's healing in numbers. Mm-hmm. All right. everything. So I am talking to one of my friends and we were discussing work and oh man, we were going in. I had a list. I already had my shopping list. And as we were getting into the conversation subconsciously, I'm talking to her while I'm going up and down the produce section, the fresh food. And as the conversation was, we were getting into it. Next thing I knew, I saw myself in the ice cream freezer mm -hmm. section. Yep. So now with my self-awareness that I'm developing now, and I'm going back to thinking about times I've been multiple times triggered. Mm -hmm. And I say, damn, I just forgot this shopping list. And I went to what was, oh, it was a low, it was a rescue. I yeah. was rescuing myself instead of, yeah. And, oh, I was rescuing myself and becoming a victim. Uh huh. Wow. I'm just having these light bulb moments. Yeah. 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 Mm hmm. There we go. Because we can't, again, we can't neglect that even though emotional eating isn't healthy for us physically mm -hmm. and mentally, it does still serve us in some way. Like it still is, we're finding it beneficial or else we wouldn't continue to go back to it. Right. We, we yeah. wouldn't continue to go to the ice cream section or reach for those things. If it wasn't at least helping us in some way. And it helps us to cope in a lot of ways. It does cope, you know, 
Yeah. Oh, we have a comment. I want to pronounce this name, but I, Ibasha did. Oh my God. I apologize. Yeah. If, does that sound like I pronounced it right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope that it's right. Um, we're sorry if not. Yeah, well, my apologies if it is not. I like, love to respect people's names. Yeah. But this sister said, it's so easy to, it's so easy to snack at work if you can, especially to avoid getting sleepy. I need to work on that more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What are your, um, what do you suggest for people who work at home? Um, oh, that's a whole different monster simply because, you know, there are some different precautions that we have to take. One thing is cleaning out your pantry, um, getting rid of all of those things that don't serve who you are becoming because mm-hmm. they probably serve you who as, as a person that you currently are, right? It serves you and it keeps you comfortable. So one thing that I do is I walk my my clients through this thing, coming out of the comfort level, coming out of the comfort zone into this growth zone, right? And a piece of coming out of that comfort zone does require that you create new skills, that you take more chances on yourself. It requires that another piece that you not allow for the opinions of others to impact you, right? And so walking out of that comfort zone looks like you doing some things that are very uncomfortable. Cleaning out your pantry is number one. Another thing is making the healthier option more accessible to you. Um, because think about it, a lot of a lot of times we reach for the things that are most convenient and the things that are right there. So what would it look like if you were to rearrange your pantry, rearrange your refrigerator with things that had the things in them, with things that had the the foods in them that you actually needed, right? That can look like you placing fruit out on your out on your countertop. You see it, you eat it, right? But right. when it's stuffed in the refrigerator at the bottom, what happens? It goes it spoils, we never eat it because we forget about it, out of sight, out of mind. So working from home does require that cleaning out that pantry and, you know, making the, giving yourself more access to the things that you need. That's mm. the that I kind of walk clients through is rearranging. It's, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of effort, but it's so good. It, it, it really does help you to kind of shift your whole lifestyle. Wow. Well, can you give this sister another? Oh, she did say how her name is pronounced. Let's see. I'm so glad. She said, no worries. My name is pronounced Ibida. Ibida. Shit. Ibida shit. Yeah. Ibida shit. I love it. Me too. I love Ibida shit. Yes. And I, yes, now I can pronounce it. Thank you for the correction. We appreciate you. Yes, thank you. So what about someone, and, and if you're working at your desk, like Ibida shit, other than walking away from snacking, are, is there anything else that she could have done or anybody else? Yeah, I mean, again, giving yourself options. So doing uh, maybe maybe it's you journaling or doing like small things, placing some obstacles, again, between you and the craving. So you crave a, you crave a cookie. Instead of direct, instead of going straight for the cookie, what can I do instead? Maybe I journal for 10 minutes or take a break. Maybe I um, 
look at my calendar, right? Or do play some simple obstacles between yourself and the craving. And this is the key. It's not that you can't have the, it's not that you can't have the cookie at the end of your routine, right? Whatever your routine is. What I teach is the main point is for you to not feel shame and guilt around what you eat. So it's not, again, it's not about what you eat. It's really improving your relationship with food so that what you eat and when you do eat it, you're not feeling shameful about it. And so the importance of building out this routine is so that over time, it's going to become more important for you to complete this mini temptation routine. Um, it's going to become more important for you to do that versus you actually getting to eat that craving. Wow. My mind is blown. I yeah. love what you said about creating a, a block. So you're, you're not going exactly a yeah. line to the food. Yeah. And what also stuck out was about journaling, even just for 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes. I feel if I had that tool, mm -hmm. there'd probably be a lot of curse words in the journal, but hey. at least I know why. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you can start to literally ask yourself, you know, this craving is here. So what's really going on? Um, and what in the, the another important piece of why this uh, temptation routine is so important is because a lot of people who do struggle with this don't have any boundaries. So it's this thing of self-control, this thing of not having any self-boundaries. So we go for the instant gratification. I want the food. I'm going to go get the food without really trying to feel the emotion, without really trying to delay the process. It's just like, I want it. I need it. I'm going to eat it. And so it really comes down to you making a choice. And this is what I just told my client. It comes down to you making a choice. Or are you going to immediately go for the cookie or, or are you going to decide to go throughout this, this routine that we just created and try something different? Yes, it's a pull. Yes, it's a stretch. Yes, it's uncomfortable. Right. But think about the future you. Who who do you who who are you wanting to become? Oh, thinking God. about the implications and the consequences of what will happen if and when I do give in to this cookie. Will I feel bloated? Will I feel discomfort? Will I feel sleepy? Will I feel all of these other will I feel all of these other emotions that may come up if I do give in? So. Oh my God, that is so good. Ah, oh, I love it. Um, it's by, it, oh my God. I, can't remember, I forgot already. This is just that I agree. She says self discipline is key. For sure. Yes. Absolutely. And that, uh, she's loving this combo, and the working from home struggle has been real. I drink more water to curb my cravings. Mm -hmm. What is your suggestion on that with the drinking more water? Because in my mind, yeah, it does curb the cravings, but you she's still, still putting some, there's still an oral fixation. I've learned yeah. that when I was going to Weight Watchers mm -hmm. because some people said I would drink more water. Some people would say that they would chew gum. Mm -hmm. And our leader at the time said, don't do the gum chewing. You're still putting yeah. something to your mouth, hand to right. mouth. Right. So yeah, even if it's a healthier option, you're still emotionally eating, even though it's some. So that's why I say give yourself options. 
find other ways to self-soothe other than eating. That can be you taking a walk around the block or you exercising or you reading a book or you meditating or just taking a break, playing with the dog, playing with the kids, mm. um, finding something outside of eating to kind of self-soothe. Finding new coping skills is what really needs to happen. Finding new ways to cope with overwhelm, to cope with stress, to cope with boredom. Um, so, yeah. Mm. This is some good stuff. This is some good stuff. So everyone, make sure I'm going to drop Gabby's link again. There are more goodies on that page, but you have to go to the page. Please <laughs> make sure and sign up for her newsletter. I've signed up for already. It, it's instant. She's all, yeah. She instantly drops gems. So, it, you know, I love what you said. And we're going to talk about this before we close out on your Instagram. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, let me read it now. Yeah. You remind me because I don't remember. <laughs> I will remind you. You made a post how to begin owning your own narrative. Mm. When I read that, that resonated with me. And you just mentioned it again. You can have the comfort food, but Think of the long term. What is going to happen? Are you going to own the narrative of the immediate self-soothing or mm -hmm. yep. creating boundaries for yourself? Absolutely. And also, wow. um, I know one thing that comes up for a lot of women is, you know, we can't neglect the fact that we have family. And whenever we consider making a lifestyle shift, oftentimes our families are supportive or they're not so supportive so we also in in with that owning your narrative also looks like you making a decision to change and and to shift um to your um you said getting your shift together like women getting their shift together right <laughs> um you making a decision to shift um in spite of the support that you may have Mm -hmm. oftentimes what will happen is that some some women and I've had this with a few clients is that some people are so afraid to shift and to change because they're afraid of what other people are going to say or what mm. other people are going to think about them deciding to make this new decision for themselves so also owning your narrative is just making a decision to do this for you in spite of the support you feel like you have or don't have mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's some good stuff. Good stuff. I hope you will come back again. Yeah. Really? Don't play because, yeah. you know, we have each other's numbers. Yeah. I will definitely. Before we get off and we can do this tonight as a snippet or whenever you come back, I'd love for you to talk about your podcast. Yeah. We have another black podcaster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's called Do What Don't Touch My Health. Yeah, that's my baby. Yes. Yeah. So I've been podcasting for the past two years. Um, it's been amazing, an amazing journey. So on my podcast, we talk all things healthy habits, lifestyle, and faith. And we really talk about how um God really wants us to live like this multifaceted life. 
Mm -hmm. But we can't live this multifaceted life if we are not healthy in mind, body, and spirit. And so I talk about the eating habits. I talk about the woman that you need to become. And I have some amazing guests that have come on that have shared their their journey with their health and wellness. And it's it's amazing. Um, it's an amazing community. And it's my baby. Like, the, I, I always say that this is the most consistent I have ever been with anything in my life, this podcast. I have not missed a week in two years. I don't know how. It has to be the grace of God because typically Gabby is like in and out, in and out. But I do it because I know the women who listen to it, they actually get something from it. And so I, I do it for them. Honestly, that's what really keeps me going. And I'm sure you probably find the same for you at times, like your community is what keeps you going. So indeed, yeah. indeed. When I started to become or share my story, and it just blossomed into this mm -hmm. and it's feel it's healing for me as well. Oh yeah. You get it. You, you, you understand that feeling. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's like, you're able to share parts of you with people who can't really talk back to you. And it's just like, you're just like letting it all out. And it's, it is very freeing. It is. It is freeing. And there's because no judgment. So that's the part right there. There's yeah. no judgment. And more importantly, I'm at a point and I'm still getting better at it that I don't care what people say. Not at all. That I know I'm not the only person. Mm -hmm. I used to think that just the, the childhood that I had, I thought I was solely the only person on this entire planet. Yeah. <laughs> that was just my, my limited beliefs, mm -hmm. you know, and then more I'm opening up and I'm realizing that a lot of people have the same shared experience. It, it's something else. And again, it goes back to black people, especially us sisters. No. And brothers too. We just don't, we don't talk about our emotions. Absolutely. We just don't. And it's easier to have this facade because mm -hmm. I wore that for years and I'm still peeling it off. Yeah, but, yeah. um, I love how you show up for your people, Gabby. Mm -hmm. You too. You too. Thank you. It really is inspiring. Yeah. yeah. I've learned so much tonight and I'm definitely going to reach out to you again to come back. Absolutely. I would love to. So everyone, before we... Oh, Gabby, guess what? What's... You are a Black girl that has her shift together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> everyone, please, if you're watching right now, Take a screenshot of Gabby's podcast. It's called Don't Touch My Health. And where can they find you on your platforms? Yeah, so um, you can find me on Instagram at Gabby Athletics underscore. Follow me now because my name will be changing. Um, so <laughs> you want to make sure that you're following me before I change my name. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's my main platform. I'm also on YouTube, Gabby Athletics. Also changing my name there. So again, make sure you subscribe. Um, and I'm, I'm changing it because I'm doing a completely new rebrand. Um, Gabby Athletics was who I was whenever I was a fitness trainer. But now I'm crossing over into um, or I have crossed over into a different space. And so um, some things will be changing. It's, it's 
my name being one of them, but still the same person talking about the same stuff. Okay, wait. Gabby Athletics. There it is. Yep. Gabby Athletics underscore on um on Instagram and Gabby Athletics on YouTube. And don't touch my health podcast. Oh yeah, there you go. Oh, you look so pretty. Thank you. Let me drop that link right now to the YouTube channel. And oh. I just subscribed as well. Let me drop it right there. All right, everyone follow this wonderful sister. She is truly amazing. And um, make sure and follow me, please. Okay, there we go. I have it in the comment section. And make sure everyone subscribe to both of our channels. Click the notification bell. Follow us on our audio podcast. Yes. Yes, and we will see you all soon. And make sure contact Abby, uh, excuse me, Gabby, because she's taking new clients. Yes. <laughs> all right. Have a good evening. Thank you so much, Gabby. You are Thanks everything. for having me, Ursula. It's been a pleasure. Good deal. Good night, good everyone. For the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and booty walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting close to God, huh? Crunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure, you got to love a black girl getting a shift together, black girls are getting a shift together, these black girls getting a shift together, man, these black girls are getting a shift together, these black girls getting a shift together, dog. joining me on this episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. If anything you heard today made your soul vibrate, please like, comment, and share this episode with two of your friends. Thank you and I love you all.